bonus episode actually on some information I think you would need kind of before we go into our next step on our nine steps to you know becoming financial and getting you up to financial speed so what I wanted to talk about in this episode was how to break down your bank accounts or how many bank accounts to have now granted this is I'm going to call it a really really loose template for how to do that just because everybody's life is so different so it's hard to cover every single facet and every single way for how to have bank accounts so this is kind of a basic template that I like people to use just to get them started and then over time you kind of figure out how it will work in reference to your particular life and your particular family budget you know and all those different kind of things so what we have here is I'm going to talk about it from a direction of if you're single and from a direction of if you are in a relationship or in a couple where you all are sharing money. So if you're single, you want to have one spending account. Okay, the spending account, these are going to be but money that you a lot for you to spend on whatever you want to. It doesn't matter what you want to spend it on. You can spend it on. If you want to go to Starbucks 115 times each day, that's fine. But you have to understand once that money is gone, that money is gone. One of the few things that people don't necessarily understand, people can grasp the concept of how much money they have, but they don't understand how long it has to last. For instance, if you get a $1,400 check and you get paid every two weeks, you can't spend more than $100 a day. Once you go over $100 a day, you're going to run out of money before you would get to that other, you know, to the end, to the next paycheck. So living paycheck to paycheck, or as you all heard me refer to before, paycheck or a day or two before paycheck. So because of that, it's an or, it's important to understand how long your money has to last for. So when you're creating this spending account, you want to make sure that you're looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, how long does the spending money have to last me? And I can only spend it in relation to how it has to last me. So if your budget is $100 and it has to last you for two weeks, then, hey, that's just what it is. Now, with that being said, kind of moving on to the next account here, you're looking at your bill account. So your bill account, that's... There, so this is where that's going to get very tricky on what counts as a quote unquote bill, and it's really not tricky. The reason I say tricky because sometimes I have to kind of debate with people on well, that's not a bill. For instance, the amount of gas that you're spending every two weeks to go back and forth to work if you're not working remotely that's a bill. You already have a pretty good, you know, indication of how much you spend on gas. You know, many of you, I know my car. But this is the way that you figure out those bills. So you get those things. How much are you spending on lunch each day? Look at that as a bill. How much are you spending on everything? Take the time to actually be intentional and look at what you're spending and how much you're spending on it. And that helps you to decide 
how much you need to be putting into this bill account. As also, it's going to help you kind of decide probably some places you need to cut. But you're looking at, you know, your rent or your mortgage, your car payments, all these different things. How much of each paycheck is going directly towards that? So if, once again, using that $1,400 number, if your paycheck is $1,400 and you know that your bills are $2,000, reasonably speaking, $1,000 every paycheck needs to be going into this bill account. Okay, so you kind of automatically doing it instead of commingling your money. You don't want to commingle your money with your spending money. One, it's just bad practice. Two, it's actually a mental game. So think about it like this. Have you ever gotten paid and you went in the gas station and you like, oh, well, let me check my account for before, before I get this candy bar. You look at your account. You see that you have $1,000 in there or $1,400 because it's payday. So you go ahead and buy that $2 candy bar, dollar candy bar. However... Let's say that you know that has to come out of your spending account. You log in there and you see that you only have $17 left. You'll be like, mm, probably don't need that candy bar. That candy bar doesn't taste any different. That candy bar doesn't cost any different. Only your perception of how much it was worth to you in that moment. So those are some of the kind of mental exercises that having these split accounts start to create for you so that you... Too many people log into those accounts and they see all the money in there, but a lot of it's already obligated and set out for other items. So it's not really in the budget, but it appears it's in the budget. So mentally it does something to you a little bit different. That's why they say, you know, I, uh, my check dropped. I had $1,400. I swiped my card two times and now I'm in negative 73 because you were budgeting on money that was already obligated out somewhere else. So, Next type of account that you want to have is that savings account. So you want to have that good savings account. In the next episode after this, we're actually going to talk about building that emergency fund and building that logical emergency fund. This is when that savings account comes in. You're keeping that emergency fund in there. That's the only thing that you're keeping in there. It's not for you to um, you know, transfer from your savings to your check-in, back to your check-in, back to the savings or whatever it is that people will be doing um, when they be borrowing money from themselves with bad credit. That's not what that's for. That's going to be solely for your emergency fund. Um, then, if you choose to invest in the stock market or wherever, you're going to have an investment account. This may be funds that are directly towards investing. Once you reach a certain amount, and we'll talk about that a little bit with the savings account and even into the investment account, you may want to have a money market account just so that it's pulling a little bit more interest while that money is sitting there in between time. But we'll talk about that in that emergency fund episode. Then finally, if you're single, you want to have possibly one savings and a checking. It's up to you. kind of depends on your life. But I suggest one savings and one checking account actually at a different bank. You just never know what's going to happen and why that bank may lock up. You may lose your debit card. You may do anything. That bank could, you know, come under some pressure from regulators and you can't even access your money. So you want to make sure that you always have access to your money. Um, so I try to talk about that a little bit here on the next one. So couples is very similar, but it's a little bit different in that obviously you have to find some common ground on it. So I believe for couples that they should both have their own individual spending accounts. You don't have to pay, you know, play tabs on everything that the other one is spending. Even if one person is better, uh, whether it be, you know, spouse A, spouse B, husband, wife, 
wife, wife, husband, husband, whatever the case may be. You even if one of you is better at spending money or better at budgeting, it doesn't mean that you have to keep tabs on everything. People still want their freedom. Like at the end of the day, remember that people are with you by choice. They don't want to be with you by force. Okay, so you don't need to necessarily dominate everything. Um, something my wife often frequently says and I get on her because she was like my husband gives me an allowance I was like I do not give you an allowance you work you work you make your own money I just have everything budgeted so tight that she knows she has her own individual spending account and she can do whatever she wants to with that money and she never hears about me on it because she knows once it's gone it's gone you know obviously she needs something you know I try to keep her spoiled but at the end of the day once that money is gone it's gone um but it gives you that freedom because you're not constantly need to worried about what you want to pay. You look in your account, it says $300 there. If you want to go below the $300, that's fine. But you know that's all that's going to be there. So the next one that actually takes us there, similarly to the single person in the couple, you want to have a joint bill account. So if you all can agree to pay bills jointly. Um, we will actually have a segment on relationships and how to deal with money in relationships at some point. As soon as we get through all these basic ones, I really want to set some of these basic these basic principles and basic foundations of finance. And then we're going to get into some kind of the juicy stuff or some of the juicy stuff, should I say. So on this one, you do want to have a joint bill account um, so that you all are able to pay those bills together. If you're both contributing to it, um, whether you're going 50-50, and yes, we're going to have that, should it be 50-50 with men and women and husband and wives or whatever the case, should it be one spouse, we're going to have that conversation because um, that's a conversation near and dear to my heart. Um, so you have those joint bills. If you're both contributing to it, you want to make sure that you both have access to it and you both understand this is for bills only. This isn't, hey, I'm, I'm out. I needed to spend this. We have an emergency fund for that. And if it's truly an emergency, then you should be able to have a conversation with it um, in reference to those things. This is why a lot of my practices are about being more proactive and less reactive. A lot of reaction is what causes the issue, okay? So next, you also want to have that joint savings account. So if you have that emergency fund for the family, you have that joint savings. Um, you can still have individual savings as well, Um because there may be times when, you know, like uh, say you want to surprise the other one or you want to do something, you may want to have that savings account so that you can surprise them without them necessarily knowing that, you know, you're trying to surprise them. Uh, I actually talked about early on in my wife's my relationship, my wife and I's relationship, we actually were coming with money even prior to us being married. And I had to uh, find a way to siphon off money to even buy her uh, engagement ring. I went in there with a pocket full of fives, uh, fives, ones, and and different things just so I could buy her engagement ring. Um, because that was the only way that I could siphon off money without her noticing just because of the way that it was. So over time, I found out that having that separation, not because you're trying to hide anything, but like you said, sometimes you just want to surprise the other spouse um, so like you can still have those individual ones. You want to have some individual investment accounts. So, you know, um, one of the other things we're going to talk about in that 50, 50, um, also when we talk about co-signing, also talk about relationships. Um, 
I don't really believe in cosigning really in any form, um, even in relationships. Not that you can't, just in in a perfect world, you shouldn't have to. You should be able to base everything off of one spouse because if something happens to one spouse, you want to make sure that the other spouse is still able to take care of any everything or vice versa. Or even not even from a, a non-trust standpoint, but at the end of the day, and we'll touch on this again, at the end of the day, let's say that world starts going crazy, everything starts going downhill, you can always trash one person's credit and then use the other one to kind of piggyback on and pull it back up instead of both of you are kind of just being down and in the dump. So for that reason, you want to have those individual investments. So as you're trying to apply for things and use those numbers, you're able to use investments that are just in that person's name towards whatever it is that you're attempting to get. With that being said, you can still have joint investments. Some of your larger investments, like if you all are getting into rental properties or things, you may want to use that. But even that, I would somewhat actually kind of prefer you do it under a business, but you both can own that business and own those business assets jointly. So you still want to have your joint investment accounts. Um, a joint checking account at another bank, okay, joint savings, joint checking, similarly to that other one, at a separate bank, because once again, I give you a quick little example, because I'm always super transparent with you all, um, my wife and I, over time, just learning experience, so now, we always get our taxes done professionally, but previously, we would do them ourselves, um, a lot of times, it was her that would do the taxes, and we would miss something or we always did this little like funky thing where we were in between being employees and having businesses. So a lot of times we kind of handled our taxes from an employee standpoint instead of from a business owner standpoint. And what that caused us or what that often caused to happen was we ended up owing a whole bunch of money and we wouldn't necessarily know we owed it until later when we go to swipe your card, uh, I give you a prime example. I went to get an oil change on my truck one time. Oil change was forty dollars. I swiped my card. It was like declined. I was like, bro, I know I got forty dollars. <laughs> I was like, bro, you know, like, am bro, I know I got forty dollars. I opened my account and I'm looking there, and in the particular account I was using, it had over a four thousand dollar balance. And I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, bro, you looking at it right here? And he was like, man, I'm just telling you what the machine saying. I called the bank. There was a tax lien on my account. Um, due to some taxes that they wanted me to pay. And it was, I want to say, 2000 and some dollars or something that we owed um, to the state of North Carolina. So, and, and they wouldn't release it until that debt was paid and they had spoken with us. But, you know, like, I still had to pay for to get my truck out. So, I fortunately had enough cash in my pocket. But that's why sometimes it's important to have a separate bank because you don't never, you never know when that's going to happen because that just happened you know, out of the blue, fortunately, it was a $40 issue and not a $400 issue because I just would have been out of luck on that um, if I didn't have the money. Because even for that, they actually left that. Um, it was in December of, I want to say, was it 20? No, 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 2015, I believe, because we were still living in North Carolina. They left that lien on our, uh, on our account from the 1st of December through the 21st, so right there at Christmas, we couldn't even buy any Christmas presents, anything like that. We were actually living off cash at the house until they lift that lien all the way off for us. So I say that to say that's why it's important to have a bank account at another one. Not that they couldn't also put a lien on that one, but for this particular one, they only put a lien on that one particular bank account because that was our main one. So just always making sure that you're being proactive instead of reactive. 
So if you have any questions or concerns or how to break it down for your particular situation, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to kind of go over those things with you. We'll set up an appointment. We can go over some of those items with you, and I'll show you how to set it up, and we can discuss how it will be best for your particular situation. So until next time, always stay up. We're going to get y'all up to speed financially. This has been your man, Warren G., and make sure to follow us on all of our social media. Young millionaires and trainers and trainers, young millionaires and trainers, young millionaires and trainers, building your check-ins and your savings and your savings, building your check-ins and your savings.